Welcome to Six Inch Football. I'm your host, Alex Trinkline, and today we have a very special guest, if you could introduce yourself. How's it going, everyone? I'm Philip Goodrum, a professional soccer player for Atlanta United and Atlanta United 2. Cool, cool. Could you just uh, give us a brief summary of like your soccer career and how it's progressed a little bit? Yeah, so I'm fr- I was born in Nashville, Tennessee, and then uh, when I was young, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. I started playing when my dad got me into it, and um, I grew up playing for him. He was my coach, and then uh, eventually when I got around to middle school, high school age, I uh, joined Carolina Rapids, which is now Charlotte Independence Academy. And uh, so I grew up playing through that academy for a few years and then started the college recruitment process and um, uh, looked at a lot of colleges in North Carolina and the ACC, kind of just in the Southeast region and uh, ended up choosing UNC Wilmington, which I'm uh, actually wearing right now. But uh, I played at UNCW for four years, um, had a pretty successful career uh got conference player of the year and scholar all-american and a few other accolades and uh ended up getting picked in the third round of the mls draft by atlanta united and so um last year i spent i spent my rookie season with atlanta united and uh, played most of my games for atlanta united too in the usl championship and uh was a consistent starter throughout the year and scored a few goals and led the team in assists so um I'm about to enter my second year with the club and uh, just looking forward to it. Cool, cool. All right. Um, so I guess just uh, our like first topic you could say is, um, I mean, obviously quarantine, coronavirus is going on. What's keeping you, mo- I guess, not motivated, but what's keeping your mind well, keeping you, I guess, motivated throughout these times to train? Yeah, so we're actually back and kind of doing like a pre-preseason where we're um, – working most on like physical stuff, a lot of fitness, a lot of uh, weights. And so it's definitely uh, tough to stay as motivated right now as you would be in the season, like playing in front of fans, getting consistent games and um, having like that direct goal at the end of each week to, to play. But um, I'm just really looking forward. I feel like uh, last year I left the, I ended the season on a, on a good note, but uh still have a lot to prove so I really want to go into this year and step my game up and be more productive on the field you know put some more uh, goals away and put some more assists in there for the team and so uh, really just show what I'm capable of and uh, so right now it's kind of just all the preparation I can do to uh, get myself as ready as possible for this upcoming season. And you're playing are you training like kind of both with Atlanta United and with uh, and then United too, or just yeah. So United. right now it's actually like individual sessions. So they have us in small groups yeah. because of uh, the coronavirus. It's really just kind of like you're in a group of four, and uh, I'm with four of my Atlanta United uh, two teammates, and so we're just doing lots of fitness, you know, some finishing and uh, some uh, just touches on the ball here and there. So it's not the most exciting part of the sport, but you got to do what you got to do. And um, did you, so, like, I guess your pro career, did you immediately just, like, drafted, go straight to uh, Atlanta United, that, I guess, um, program, that franchise? Yeah, so uh, how it worked was I got picked in the third round of the MLS draft, and um, 
I kind of knew when I got picked, uh, they gave me a call and said, you know, we want you to come on down to Atlanta. We're start, we're doing preseason. And um, I knew right away that I was going to be with Atlanta United too, but they kind of had everybody in for preseason as a joint team under uh, Frank DeBoer, who's the manager at the time. And I got in and um, I did really well that first two weeks when we were in Atlanta. And so the day before um, – preseason uh one of the coaches comes up and he goes hey you know uh, go down to the kit man's room right now and you know he's got some things for you we're taking you to florida for preseason for the full preseason with the first team and so it was like bang 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 it was like come on down to atlanta sign your contract and then it was like get on the bus and go to preseason so i didn't even have an apartment at that point I was still living out of a hotel and then was all of a sudden down in florida so uh it was really cool, though, getting that experience because I always wanted to play professional and then getting thrown right into the mix and having a bit of success. It was a really great experience, but, yeah, it happened pretty fast. And, um, so, like, I guess recent, I guess, what is, like, keeping – what are you, some main takeaways that have, like, helped you develop recently, I guess, within the past year? Yeah, so some cool things were – getting to play with uh, Joseph Martinez and, you know, seeing kind of, and Pity Martinez who played for River Play, was a South American player of the year. See Miles Robinson who scored for the U.S. national team the other night and uh, just kind of getting to be in that environment and learn from these players who have really just like been at the, or at the top of their game. And uh, so seeing that firsthand every single day and seeing how these guys uh, go about their, daily lives as pros and it's kind of learning from that because it goes from okay you're at the college level and then um doing really well and so now it's like you get step up a level and you're just right back at the bottom and uh so starting to learn from the top guys and just trying to continue to progress day in and day out so yeah what is that environment kind of like if you could go a little bit more in depth about that yeah it's it's pretty i want to say it's cutthroat, but in a good way, you know, it's intense every day, you know, people are, people are fighting for their jobs, their livelihoods and their families, like uh, how their family is going to survive. So it's, it's really competitive. And I love that about it. And so, um, I mean, every day you get there, you're fighting for your job. And uh, so you see the guys like Joseph Martinez, again, who will come in and he's absolutely putting away every single goal against the reserves team in training and treating it like it was the MLS cup, because that's just that mentality that he has. And so it's all about, you know, staying completely like tuned in, staying focused, and then not just on the pitch and on the practice field, but, you know, when you go into, into the gym afterwards, you know, getting that extra stretch, that getting that uh, extra ice bath or getting treatment when you need it and putting the right things in your body, so that was something that I thought I did well, kind of growing up and through the academy and through uh, college. And then it just, everything goes to the next level. So just continuing to learn those things and just get uh, kind of in the, in the mindset that this is what I got to do now day in and day out. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, like the mindset piece, because um, I think like recently a lot of athletes kind of just been stuck where it's like, okay, I'm just doing this to win and winning is my only motivation. And like some people just like kind of get stuck in that, um, stuck in that phase, I guess, which is a little bit interesting to hear about and talk about. 
Yeah. Um. So I guess let's moving on. So you kind of you kind of see how there's different stages of like soccer here. We have like the club, high school, um, stage. We have the college stage for some players. Uh, some more advanced players, maybe something else. And then we have like the pro um, stage. What is like some key t- takeaways you've kind of all took away from all those stages in your career? Yeah, so hmm, I think when you're like at that club high school stage or even before that, it's just, you know, a lot of it is about uh, just kind of being honest with yourself and saying, okay, you know, I might be the best at my high school, but that's not where I really want to end up. And so, you know, kind of evaluating and taking um, constructive criticism really well and not just getting down and, you know, okay, you know, you went out and you had a goal versus team and you did well, but if you focus on the things that you just did well, it's, you're not going to have that growth mindset. So it's taken that, okay, well, you scored, but you should have had two more goals and done this. And so I think I give my dad a lot of credit because he was, my coach growing up but then when I got to the academy he wasn't but he was still there every day watching those games telling me uh kind of this is what you still need to improve on you know you're doing well but if you want to get to where you want to be um you want to get a scholarship you want to play professional soccer he said there's going to be a lot of work that that's going to be need to be done and so I think that kind of high school age and a young footballer's life is a really kind of crucial crucial part where it takes you know that focus where you're not going to go out and maybe participate in all the things you know every high schooler is doing the parties and whatnot and just kind of sit back and focus and uh put that extra work in and so that's um that's that's kind of like a unique part in the career and uh it's pretty hard to stay focused and motivated when not everybody's doing it but that's what you see the guys like Christian Pulisic and uh, even other sports, those guys, they did that. And that's why they're getting paid the big bucks now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talked like motivation. It's crazy how much this is like, it's it's so much more of like a mindset game than it actually is a skill game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, it's crazy how much it is. Yeah. So, um, you talked a little bit about like, putting in the extra work and I think after kind of just seeing stories about like players like not even just soccer players if we look at like basketball and football players how they put in like extra work like what did you do like a lot of individual training like as a high schooler yeah I think so my daily schedule in high school I would get done with uh I would go to school and when I was there, I went, so to backtrack, when I was started being recruited, I would go to schools like Wake Forest, other schools, and I was really skinny. And these, and I was a center midfielder at the time. And these schools said, yeah, you know, um, we, we like you, we won't offer you that much scholarship, but uh, we'd love to have you on the team. But the other thing is we don't see you playing as a center midfielder for us because you're not big enough. Just at this point, you're really thin and uh, we don't think you'd be able to keep up at this level. And so that really kind of ticked me off. And um, I went back to high school after a few of these visits. And so uh, I got into like the weightlifting program with our football team. And so um, while maybe football specific risk, uh, lifts, American football lifts aren't best for soccer players, I got into that just to try and put on more muscle mass. So I would um, start, I would lift 
during like at the beginning of school with the football team and then go to classes and then I'd be done around two every day and then uh after that I would come back and I would kind of like eat stretch out and then drive up to a practice with my academy which was like half an hour away and so I would drive up there and I would get there two hours early and then uh, I would kind of just get ready and I'd start doing finishing or a bunch of my teammates would also come early and we'd start like scrimmaging hitting the ball around just getting extra touches and so uh, that extra work was something that I think really kind of paid off in the future and then I took that mindset with me to college and um then it was kind of like contagious. You saw the whole team was eventually out there. If you weren't like an hour early to practice to get some extra touches in or play rondos or whatnot, you were kind of like considered like, what's he doing? He's not, all right, he's obviously not motivated. So I think that extra work uh, just like kind of feeds into that mindset that you were talking about. And so that's something that, um, you know, maybe some people don't carry with them, but I think uh, you see like, guys like Ronaldo, you know, people talk about how they came, came to training an hour and a half early to try and impress the coach on the first day. And then they look out on the field and Ronaldo's dripping in sweat because he's been there for like already for an hour doing finishing. And like even in basketball, Kevin Durant and guys like that on the court, just already out there before a game day, just shooting um, free throws just to get that consistency down. And so, uh, Obviously, I would I want to keep doing that to try and get to the level that I want to be at one day, but it's definitely important at a young age. And so that was something I started doing then, but definitely kind of improved on over the years to get, you know, the right things, uh, the right things going. Is so was your club like, were they how high of a level was that was that like, like now it's like, okay, you play ECNL, you play ECNL league. It's like, all right, cool. You play yeah. academy. It's like, okay, you can play. But like mm-hmm. what kind of? Yeah, so my club was, uh, it was an academy. It was in the U.S. Development Academy. Okay. And it was called, at the time, it was called Carolina Rapids. And it was like a daughter club of Colorado Rapids. Yeah. And so they would send like some representatives out there to watch us a good bit. And now the club is uh, – it's called Charlotte Independence Soccer Academy. And so Charlotte Independence is in the um, USL championship. And so, uh, yeah, it was cool to be part of that and be in that academy league, which was very competitive. But uh, now you have like another step up where you see the MLS academies. And so I see our um, academy boys at Atlanta United and these kids, uh, they're not really even going to school anymore. They're just doing it all online and, coming in and uh, in the mornings and training with the professionals and trying to get that. They're just getting tons of training and touches. And so I think that's something that's copied the European model and uh, will definitely help the U.S. hopefully one day get, get to the, um, get into the final levels of the world cup. But yeah, I've played in the USDA. So like, um, do you, were there any, like, do you see any flaws within the, I mean, you're a pro player. Do you see any flaws within, like, the um, youth development system or, like, the way MLS sells players to Europe? I know. Yeah, so it's interesting because uh, I think the U.S. development system continues to get better. I think it's, it's tough because, you know, in, in England, you have, obviously, everybody can go play for, like, numerous amounts of academies, and they're all just – 
two, three miles down the road and U S is so vast. And, uh, so it's, it's growing definitely with the MLS academies and a lot of kids who want to go to that level are going to have to go probably into residency programs at these academies, but it's not perfect, but, um, it's still getting better and better. And so I think it's going to help, uh, help kind of develop it. But then with how MLS trades and sells players, it's definitely different because MLS has the salary cap in it kind of just as the American model. And you don't see that really anywhere else in the world. But uh, you also see clubs that are about to go bankrupt from buying players for so many millions. So it's, it's not kind of the most beneficial to grow the game fast, but uh, I think you see a lot of clubs buying American players. Like you have um, Jordan Morris just got sent over to Swansea. You got a Daryl DK just got loaned out to Barnsley. And so you see a lot more Americans going over. Yedlin just went to Galatasaray from Newcastle. And you've got all these Americans playing overseas now that are, have come from MLS systems. So I think the world is starting to take notice that uh, Major League Soccer is no longer kind of just that retirement league where, you know, David Beckham and his Zlatan come over to kind of just like want to finish out their careers. Now they're bringing in young guys like, Miguel Almiron to try and bring in and excel and then push them on and sell them for a profit to these other leagues. So hopefully that's the future and this is only the start of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess kind of going back a little bit to the academy system, if you look at like Denver, Denver, I think it's like a decently big soccer city. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, the, we obviously there's the Rapids Academy and then um, the other pro, I guess, team in the Denver area would be like the Colorado Switchbacks, which are in Colorado Springs. And then the other, I guess, big club, which doesn't obviously have a pro team, is Real Colorado, which is our our club, my club. And um, right, and we're we're seventh in the country, right? And I guess we got ranked top drawer, seventh in the country. And then if we look at that, we're not we're like pay to play club. Where if you look at Rapids. They're ranked a lot, a lot lower than us, and they're uh, obviously free to play academy system. And then, if we go back to switchbacks, like their club, not that great. So I think like a real team would beat a switchbacks team like any day of the week. They're just, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's disappointing to hear. And uh, I know like Atlanta has a similar yeah. system where they have Concord Fire, who's very good. And they have Atlanta United, which is obviously very good. But uh, the thing Atlanta United gets that Concord doesn't get is they can push the academy players that are thriving up to the USL team. So like Atlanta United too, who I've played a lot of games for. Um, we have academy guys constantly in the starting 11 and coming off the bench. And so that's the benefit, the big benefit that that pro club can get. But yeah, you do see Concord Fire, which probably has majority of their players going to very, very good D1 schools. And so you're still getting those opportunities. But that is another great thing that you see about the U.S. that it has so many players. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of disappointing to hear about the switchbacks. But um, I think the MLS academies will hopefully be the place to grow. And then the I know the MLS next is um, coming in, but uh, I don't know if Real Colorado's in that. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So they're still playing in the highest competitive league for uh, the academy system. So hopefully they can keep those other academies because there's gonna be places like if you wanna 
play soccer in like Nevada or something and there's not going to be an MLS Academy there, you know, so they got to still have these other systems that hopefully can bring the top players from all around, you know, into it, whether it's through USL academies or independent ones. But uh, yeah, I remember, I think I played uh, Real Colorado in um, one of the showcases one time with my club. Um, I was talking to um, Johan Gomez, our past guest, go get, get guest. I can't talk. <laughs> and he was talking about how uh, he, uh, a couple times, like FC Dallas team lost to some Real teams, so you know. Yeah, no, and hey, it'll happen. Players um, are spread out. Yeah. Um. So, I guess, uh, what are some takeaways? I guess moving on to like college career, what are some takeaways? Because obviously that was a big part of your jump. So. Yeah, college was probably where after my freshman year, where I made kind of the biggest jump in my career. I felt where uh, I kind of went from being a good player in college to a very, uh, very consistent, very um, threatening player. And so I started, I got first team all conference my sophomore, junior and senior year was conference player of the year. And I felt that uh, I was really, you know, prepared to step on to the next level. And uh, that was obviously my goal. So I think one of the most important things was kind of having that mindset and believing in myself that, hey, I can do this and uh, I'm capable of this. But a big, big factor is having a coach who believed in me. So Aiden Heaney was the head coach and still is the head coach there now. And um, he played for New England Revolution in the MLS. And he was always there, you know, pushing me and telling me what I needed to improve on. But, you know, I started every game for four years of my college career. And so to have a coach that believed in me like that was – so beneficial I can't even say like it just it just gave me the confidence sometimes you know maybe I wasn't believing in myself that there was somebody there was somebody there who said okay this kid can do it so um I think that was a big part of it and so uh obviously having my teammates um there with me because we had a very good team for um, a mid-major we made the NCAA tournament a few times and while our runs didn't go as long as we like would have liked, it was a uh, it was just great experiences to continue to um, push further and further. But um, yeah. So my college career was great, but uh, I also was able to go during the summers of my sophomore and junior year on trial with some MLS uh, teams, and so I went out to Nashville. I went to um, Real. Uh, what's the salt real salt lake i went to uh, atlanta united where i am now and i went to sporting kansas city and those were set up through my coach and uh those gave me some great experience to kind of see firsthand okay you're good in college but this is what it's going to take to get to the next level and so uh, getting those experiences was also huge for my development because it was like okay the things you can do against the college kids uh, you won't be able to do at this level until you really fine tune the, the basics. And so uh, those were invaluable experiences. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great four years at UNCW. I loved, I was very happy with my decision to go there and really enjoyed my time. So right at the end there, you talked about your guest decision. Could you go a little bit into depth about like the recruiting process? Yeah. So um North Carolina is obviously full of like top colleges for soccer. So you got 
UNC Chapel Hill, Wake Forest, NC State, Duke, all in the ACC. And you've got UNC Charlotte, who's been to a national championship before. UNC Wilmington, who's been consistently in the NCAA tournament. And even like Elon and High Point. And uh, so it was, I didn't have to look that far because I had so many good opportunities there. And I looked at all of the big schools and I had offers for, from them for partial scholarships. But uh, in the end, UNC Wilmington, UNC Wilmington came along and had me down on a visit and uh, told me I would come in and kind of be the guy and uh, so that was uh, I fell in love with the campus I really liked the guys and I uh, got the scholarship offer and so I accepted it but um it was the recruiting process was really something that uh, was unique and very kind of fun just to go around and visit and see those schools and so uh, yeah that was something that was really cool and I was happy to end up with Wilmington in the end but um yeah like I said I didn't have to look too far from home it's very fortunate to be in North Carolina all those schools yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit different like the I guess going back to like Colorado system because so there's one D1 school which is Denver DU except it's private school so no pretty much no uh in-state tuition and yeah. so, and there's and Air Force, which is obviously a difference. Yeah. And then you have two ML, big MLS, MLS next Academy teams. So a lot of good players. And I guess what I've noticed is those teams stack each other. Like, I mean, each team probably has around like 35 to 40 players that could potentially play on any given day, which is a lot of players considering there's, only 11 players get to play on the field and they only do three substitutions. So only what 14 players will even have the chance to play. And so you have those, I guess, 80 players, maybe about 20 players from other clubs. So hundred, a hundred decent players from Colorado. And then where are they all going to go? They all kind of have to go disperse and go play out of state, which is, obviously expensive because college soccer, I mean, you don't get that big of scholarships. So it's interesting dynamic compared to in North Carolina where you have, I mean, obviously there's what, maybe three, four, five. Yeah. I think there's four or five, uh, probably U S development academies. And then, yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's how it goes. But, uh, I guess that's a bit of luck of the draw, but it's good to kind of have that competitive nature. You got the same thing in Texas where you got FC Dallas, Houston, and I'm sure there's lots of other academies spread out all around. And there's only kind of SMU and um, like UTRGV, which isn't a great, the biggest program, but uh, a lot of it's, it's a good competitive nature. I think now you're seeing a lot of Academy kids who are at the top skipping college going straight to, professional MLS homegrown contracts and so to step that up to for U.S. soccer to kind of be very competitive on the international stage I think that's the thing you want to see more consistently happening. Yeah for sure and I mean in other states like high school soccer doesn't really matter like there probably is one or two good programs but if you look like Texas has a couple really good high school soccer I mean, I guess conferences where just it's the county, uh, all the high school teams, because only so many people get to play MLS next. And yeah. if we look at like 
Denver, there's like, what is it? It's, I think it's the Continental League, which is like, so Highlands Ranch, which is where Real Colorado is. And so it's very, very good high school soccer, which is interesting. I know high school soccer gets a lot of shade yeah. uh, from people because it's just such a, people say it's low level, but I think really high school soccer is a good way to develop. I mean, play for your school. You get to do the whole thing. Yeah. I never, unfortunately, I, uh, I really wanted to play high school soccer. Was never, was never able to do academy and uh, high school. But uh, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot to be said. You see a lot of players like Daryl DK, the guy who just killed it for Orlando City as a rookie, and um, and uh, is now being loaned out to English Championship side. Played high school soccer, so you see some guys who can do it and excel, and everybody peaks at a different time. And uh, it's just about staying honest with yourself, staying focused and, uh, you know, doing the right things that when people aren't watching and eventually, eventually somebody's going to see you, whether it's division one college level or lower or higher, there's always somebody watching. For sure. So I guess as a kid, who are some players you kind of looked up to? Mm -hmm. So I really liked watching uh, Landon Donovan. (laughs) I thought, you know, even though it's kind of odd, but I really like the American guys. And so watching him was kind of a big inspiration for me to play soccer growing up because in Charlotte, I didn't have like a MLS team right up the street where I was like, okay, this is my team. I'm going to have a player on this team. The closest MLS franchise was DC United, and that was a ways away. So, uh, yeah, I really liked watching him, but now I still, I still am a fan while while playing and so I really like watching Mo Salah for Liverpool I love Liverpool and uh, enjoy watching him he's one of the best if not the best winger in the world and so I'm I play the same position and so I like to watch him just as an explosive exciting goal scorer and uh, try to you know mimic that that game and that style yeah so um I guess um, moving on, like takeaways. What were did you did I? What were takeaways in college? Yeah. So the biggest thing was uh, just to. <laughs> I always focused in college on trying to score as many goals as I could, and it was like stats, stats, stats. That's what's going to get me to the next level. And I ended up having really good stats, but um, I think the biggest thing for me was developing kind of as a player and as a leader. And so just, you know, getting those intangibles that I could take with me to the next level and that could help me to continue developing throughout, you know, 20, 22, 23, 24 right now when I need to um, really just kind of continue to thrive to continue taking the next stepping stone up. But uh, college was a great experience, like I said, and, um, UNC Wilmington and the coaching staff I wouldn't be where I am today without them yeah so you talked a little bit about like stats do you think some players uh maybe even you just like go through spells where like stats and goals and wins are their only motivation I think uh a lot of players you see nowadays kind of do look at it as a big factor but um you see forwards like Giroud during French France's World Cup win didn't even have a goal and so there's much more important things but uh, I think a lot of players in all sports do get caught up in that and 
I think I did get a little caught up in that in college, but uh, that's okay. You know, it helped me get to where I am. And um, I want to always continue to be productive because in the end, that's what attacking players are going to be judged off of. So uh, I got to keep focusing on improving that while always helping the team. Yeah. So like you've obviously scored a lot of goals, different levels. Is there a certain like goal scoring mentality you think that certain players have? Yeah. You got to be ruthless, man. It's got to be when you're in around that box, the first thing going through your mind is, uh, put the ball in the back of the net, whether it's, you know, finishing or whether it's landing off for another teammate. And so that's the biggest thing for me is uh, just that ruthlessness. And um, I think that's something that comes and goes. You see a lot of players, especially attacking players, their confidence come and go. And uh, it's something that you can't just like make up and create is somebody's confidence. But um yeah, I want to – that's kind of what Joseph Martinez, um, the best striker at Atlanta United, one of the best, if not the best, in the MLS. He is just absolutely ruthless. And so getting to learn from him and see that mentality, like we talked about, that is uh, something that um, – that's something that I think every striker who wants to be successful in this game needs to have. So that's what I try to continue to bring. Yeah, I, for me, I'm outside back, so I'm like I'm like pretty fast, pretty good passing. I can see the field pretty well, except like finishing is just yeah. not. It's not good. My finishing yeah. is not on point. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's not everybody's different, but uh, they tried to play me it as an outside back for a little bit here, and um, it's definitely not my favorite position. I'm more forte, but uh. Yeah, I love I love putting the ball in the back of the net. I really think there's no better feeling in the world. I think so. I think my problem right now is just like overthinking it. So mm-hmm. you know, too too many touches, trying to make it too perfect. When in reality, no uh, the the hardest thing to do is play simple soccer, mm-hmm. and um, so keeping it simple and doing the little things and just passing through teams. It seems so easy, yet it's so difficult. And you know if if I had it right, I'd be playing for Real Madrid right now. So it's, it is not easy to do by any means, but uh, something, hey, I think watching a lot of guys like Mo Salah and top players in the world do, something that uh, you can, everybody can continue improving on, improving on each day. And if we even, if you look at like Earing Holland, probably one of the best young strikers, his, mm-hmm. His game is pretty much just modeled around his runs. So those dynamic runs that are super like weird and nobody really knows like yeah. what he's doing. And, and then it's just like positioning off the shoulders of center backs yeah. and the movement right before yeah. that run. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's a great number nine. And then from there, it's just like, it seems like he only takes two touches. He takes a touch and a shot. Exactly. Yeah. No, some, some players have a, uh, are real experts at it, but but it's by no means easy. But yeah, Holland is another exciting player to watch for any forward. Yeah, so I guess who's like an exciting player you've kind you maybe I mean been able to train with and like whoa he's actually like kind of good with the Atlanta United system. Yeah, so uh, Emerson Hydman is probably the player that I would kind of give that shout out to. He play, he's played in the Premier League. He's played in the championship in England with Bournemouth and Fulham. 
And um, I remember just getting here the first few weeks and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, you, like I can't get near him. Every time he gets on the ball, it's like a perfect touch into a perfect turn. He knows he's checking his shoulder consistently and everything he's doing is just so smooth. And you like, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the most physical guy. He's very fit, but um, yeah, man, he's just got that, got that it factor where he's just super talented. And um, it's, it's really cool to play with him and, you know, be friends with him and learn from him. But he's, he's that player who uh, I'm like, wow. All right. This is why he played in the premier league. So really cool um so i guess what are some i guess tips you have for expiring players trying to move on to a higher level yeah it's first thing i would say is just always believe in yourself like soccer is a game of many opinions you'll see i have a buddy who went to yukon and uh went for a camp and the coach said you know i think you're a good player you can play d3 soccer but uh, you're, yeah, we, we don't have a spot for you here. And then he got a scholarship to Georgetown and ended up getting drafted into Major League Soccer by Vancouver Whitecaps. And so that's just an example of everybody. Uh, don't, don't let anybody's opinion define you. And um, just always be true to yourself and just grind. There's no secret to success. You just got to work your tail off every single day and just kind of chip away little by little, getting 1% better to uh, eventually get to where you want to be but you gotta you gotta believe in yourself first and foremost or you're never gonna make it all right I think that's all the questions I have do you have any like final thoughts or questions for me no just uh what a so what tell me about yourself what grade are you in what's your soccer career going like yeah so um I'm Alex uh (laughs) <laughs> thought that was um and um i'm in eighth grade and so i'm a 06 playing in eighth grade which is kind of weird so um i'm kind of on like a uh i'm on so playing with real i'm playing i'm on like a eighth grade team so we have to play in a special like um uh i guess what is the word like intermediate team so we play obviously high level of soccer but we're mixed of just a couple different teams so we have academy players and we have some ecnl players and i think we have some olympico players which so those are players who play in colorado champions league which is also still a very high level Mm -hmm. and um yeah i started this podcast um a little while ago i've had some cool interviews um and yeah i'm going into high school and um which will be interesting um going to actually play some high school soccer because that's kind of just how it goes mm-hmm. around here and um yeah very cool well thanks for having me on Alex nice to meet you and uh, I wish you all the best if you're ever in Atlanta feel free to reach out all right thank you for what listening to six inch football um catch you around